Welcome to the Pinnacle Growth Podcast. Um, I'm Jacob Schwerbrock. I'm the host. And today I'm here with Devin Wakefield. What's up, Dev? How's it going, Jake? I appreciate you having me. Um, we are, we're out on the farm. He came to visit from California. So we're just chopping it up. And today we're going to talk about sales. So uh, I don't really know where you want to start, but I mean, you can just kind of go into what you're doing right now and then you know, what sales is to you, what it means to you, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So for me, I'm in uh, door-to-door sales with solar out in um, San Diego County, Carlsbad, California. Sales for me is just, um, it's a recently started career, but um, it's something I could definitely see being, being profitable and, you know, something in terms of knowledge and financially. So um, it's, been a great transition from playing in college now to just developing a different skill set and that is sales but um yeah i think it's been a great experience so far been learning a lot you think playing ball well i kind of know the answer to this but like you think playing ball like really translated into the selling world well most definitely i would say that it's for me it's essentially the same thing developing a skill set, just kind of paying attention to detail and then putting it to the test in the game, which the game is every day for me now, which is when you knock on the door, you know, it's it's time to compete. It's time to sell. So, yeah. Um, what's the underrated aspect of sales? Um, I would say rapport building. Um, a lot of people, you know, everybody in my close-knit circle loves me. But when you're knocking on somebody's door with something to sell, not everybody's going to love you. So I think an underrated portion is people who are, you know, good with others are going to start to realize that, hey, like not everybody just loves you as much as the people you keep around. you. So I think that's an underrated portion that people, you know, it takes some time to get used to. Yeah. Um, so far, how have you dealt with like rejection? when people don't like you off the bat? How do you deal with it? Uh, so that's a great question. At first, it was like, to me, it was like the end of the world. Like I probably knocked 70 doors and got 70 no's. And, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but um, when 70 separate people tell you no, like get out of my face, slam the door, and it's your first day on the job, you're kind of like, oh, man, like, you know, it's kind of the end of the world. But now I just... Um, like I don't account it to anything. Like I, I just really have short-term memory when it comes to that kind of stuff. I just think of the next door as you know another opportunity to to book an appointment to sell somebody solar. You know, because I feel like what I'm doing is more. It outweighs you know however you're feeling at that moment. We're able to save people a ton of money, get them a tax credit to where they own their solar system. So any of the benefits I can give you are going to outweigh any negative emotions you have towards me. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's the part about selling that you don't hear about is all the, like when you have a really good product, you feel the need to get it to as many people as possible because you know, when you know that they're going to benefit, like, 
I think that's that's the cool aspect of what you're doing now is like you have a there's the product that's so good that you, that you can't stay inside and not tell people about it. Right. Yeah, I completely agree because it's you know it's a way to produce clean energy as well as in California people are you know they're overcharged for power like there we we outsource our power from other states now since we had our last we had our last power plant closed down in San Diego so the if you look at like a like a bill out in um out in San Diego people are charged for what's called um transmission and distribution which are fancy words for shipping shipping and handling the amount of power that they're using they're getting charged just as much for the transmission and distribution distribution so if they're using $60 worth of power they're paying a $120 bill just so the electricity can travel from another state to get to their home mm-hmm. so if you you completely change the game and that's why we're often able to cut bills in half because if your power plant is 10 feet above your head then there's no transmission or distribution fee. It's mm-hmm. just right here. So, I mean, getting people to understand that and the value in that is, you know, you're almost doing them a disservice if you're not able to communicate that to them. Yeah, I mean, if you show up to a place and you know that you can cut their power bill in half, I mean, you know, what can people do with a few extra hundred bucks every month? Exactly. And for some people, it, you know, like, there's some bills that we've seen that are, you know, a thousand dollars a month in some of the bigger mansions. So it's like you can if you can create an extra five hundred dollars of wiggle room in your budget, like you can do a lot with that, especially if you take it over time, you know, month to month over years, because we're able to to fix the rate for the next twenty five years. So if you think five hundred dollars a month extra for the next twenty five years, it's quite a big difference. Yeah. What made you what made you decide to go into sales in the first place? Um, just honestly, I want to learn the skill set. Um, I knew a couple couple guys who had done well and door to door from back home. And I knew it was something that I would be uncomfortable doing. Um, I'm not a big fan of the job where you just kind of show up and turn your brain off type of thing. Because I've always been like, you can't just show up to bat. Like if you show up to a game, and you're not prepared mentally and physically, you're gonna get embarrassed. Mm-hmm. So I needed a <clears throat> something else that kind of replicated that, you know, that type of environment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think just the uncomfortability is huge. Just put yourself in that situation, even though I'm sure there's like a lot of other options where you could have just, you could have gotten a comfortable check every week or every two weeks, whatever it is. And um, also had like a guarantee because in sales, like there's no guarantee you're even going to make anything. Right. So, um, yeah, I think it's cool uh, that you took that route and, you know, you're challenging yourself every day. And I think another, I think another good portion of what you found is the team around you. Can you like talk about your team? Yeah, so it is just a bunch of guys, you know, from the age we got one one kid who's like nineteen, and then up to anywhere from like thirty two or thirty three, but it's a bunch of guys who are you know they're not satisfied with what they were able to accomplish yesterday, 
So we're, we're able to um, push one another to new levels. I think that was a, I think that's quite an underrated aspect just in society is how important the people around you are to your growth and development. So that was one thing that um, I really learned from this job. It's that being around people who are similar to you, they're competitive, they want the best for not only themselves, but those around you and who aren't willing to settle. Uh, I think that's been just huge for me because on the days where you don't, you know, you don't feel like doing it, you don't feel like knocking, you know, 60, 70 doors, those guys are there and they're showed up and they're excited. Like, you're like, we got another opportunity today, you know, to help out homeowners, to make some sales, to close some deals. When you're around, you know, 15, 20 people who are excited about what today brings, it's going to be hard to be negative. So I think it's been like in terms of the team, um, I know it is like a 1099 and I'm technically an independent contractor, but um, it doesn't really feel like, like when I get around them, that's kind of where the strength comes from. There's strength in numbers when, when you have a great sales team. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think that's the, every, every good sales guy I've met is always trying to improve themselves like in every area of life too. It's not just the professional world. You know, I think that's what's cool about it is it gives you that opportunity to, it also gives you a big opportunity to just go out and fail. Like you're just failing forward the whole entire time. Like, have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. So it, um, I think the, the funniest thing about it is like, you usually, so like each door I look at as, you know, a game or, you know, a quarter, however, however you want to look at it. But, um, some days you go all day without booking an appointment or closing the sale. So like you never go, you know, I've never gone 80 games and lost 80 games. Mm -hmm. So I think like dealing with the, you know, the failure, dealing with the nose is like, I think has been, you know, great for me going out and failing and, and just looking at it like, Hey, if you're not perfect and you know, if it's nonverbals, your tonality, you know, your introduction, your rapport, you know, your needs audit and some of the stuff we talked about last night. Like if you're not, if you're not perfect in those things, you're not going to get anything. Like there's no gimmies out here. There's no layups. Yeah. Like you got to earn everything. If you don't bring your best at every single door, you're not going to get anything. So I think that failure has just like really encouraged me to be perfect. And like I said, pay attention to detail and get those kind of things done. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think it's a, it's definitely an interesting move from being hyper competitive to losing constant, like, you know, small losses. I mean, it's not a, you have to change your perspective on on how you view things because it's not you're not going to shoot a basket and make 80 percent of them like you would if you're practicing right in the the gym type of thing but you're out and you're just gonna miss 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 and then you know you hit one out of 100 type of thing yeah and there's a huge difference in that like the mentality shift it I guess that's the best way to put it is mentality shift of you have to get used to failing a lot more often than like when you're in 
when you're in a game and you can make 50% of your shots. Yeah, exactly. So I think the biggest, um, I think the biggest way that I've been able to cope with that is just been a long, like just getting used to it. But, um, our wins are huge wins. When you're able to close the deal. Um, my first closed deal was enough for a month's income. So it's like when you do close a deal, um, it's, you know, there's nothing like it. If you're able to close two, three deals a month, you're now looking at your, there's some guys who will do in a month when they close, you know, eight to 10 deals, they do more than a large amount of America's salary. Mm-hmm. So our wins are, you know, they're few and far between, but they hold a lot of weight as well. So the, the failure to get to those wins is just like, it feels like, you know, you're kind of paying your dues in a sense, because if you were, if you were able to close the deal, you know, every other door, um, then most, a lot of people would be doing this job instead of whatever it is that they're doing. So I think the learning, you know, the failure is paramount, excuse me, to the wins because the wins hold so much weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you, there's a lot of science behind keeping your dopamine receptors going with wins. So, um, I think the example I heard from Ty Lopez is like, he's a, he's a really cool dude. Like I would, I would look into him if anybody was curious. Um, he's kind of known for that YouTube ad where he was like, he was in his garage and he's like, look, the Lamborghini behind me. And then that was like his attention getter. But then he like, he moved it to the side and it was like a bunch of books. I was like, this is how you get it. And, uh, and uh, I think it was like the most, the, it was like the most viewed ad of all time for a while on YouTube. And, uh, but he was, he was talking about the science behind dopamine receptors and like getting small wins because if you can like build momentum, then your brain is always firing. But if you completely get rid of the wins for a while, then you forget what it even feels like. And then you, it's like almost impossible to win. Like when they've done the science behind it. So like, how do you keep your dopamine receptors in that winning mentality if you've lost for like three, four days straight sort of thing. Well, yeah. So this is another thing that I like to attribute to basketball because it's it's a game within a game. Um, if you can, you know, like I used to try to win, like if you were coming off a screen, I would try to win more space than anyone else. I'd try to win, you know, a quicker release for you not to block my shot. It's those small wins. So small wins in the door-to-door. Um, industry for me had been when somebody wants to close the door, how long can I keep them talking? You know, if I can, if somebody comes to the door and they say, Hey man, like I'm not interested and I can, you know, blow through the objection and get them to open up the conversation. Even if they don't book an appointment to, you know, go solar, I still count that as a win because if, you know, if my skill set wasn't ready, that door would have just been closed when they said I'm not interested. But um, <clears throat> objection handling is a huge, like a huge win for me when I'm able to turn a customer from um, like they want nothing to do with me to them all of a sudden having a conversation. I would say those are some of the wins, like the conversation where they last, you know, 20, 30 minutes and the people don't decide to go solar. But at first they're like, hey, man, like I'm too busy. 
and you just kind of laugh because they just took 30 minutes to, you know, sit and talk with you. But at first they were too busy. Those are kind of the, kind of the wins you, you got to learn to take and say, Hey, like my skills have allowed me to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. So just those small wins of, or, I mean, it could even be how many doors you got to, like the days where I knock a hundred doors, even if I did get a hundred no's, like I was able to get in front of a hundred people, you know? Right. So, but yeah, those, those small wins are, they're huge. And I think, I think you got to learn what that is for you in your field. Cause I, you know, I don't know much about Ty Lopez, but that science has, now that I think about it, has, you know, attributed to me being able to continue to do the job. So, yeah. Yeah. That's why I think it's kind of cool to look at that. The whole, well, and you, we were talking about this, the science behind selling. Yeah. Like there are so many things that go into it. Like, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So our system is, it's actually science based. So, um, we, we have what's called a case open where we're establishing or appealing to the, you know, the needs scientifically that, that customers go through when you knock on their door. So when somebody knocks on, on your door, you know, you're probably thinking, you know, who is it, what do they want? What can they do for me? Or how do I get rid of them for most people? But we answer those questions in the, in the case open. So our case open is, um, rapport, position, benefit proof. So my rapport would be, Hey, I'm Devin. I'm with Coda. I take care of your neighbor, whoever the neighbor is in the neighborhood. Um, that's building rapport It's saying, Hey, this is my name. This is why I'm here. This is the company I'm with. And we actually are already helping, you know, someone in your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Then, um, your position is my position is solar ownership. So I would say I help them to own their solar instead of leasing it. Cause a lot of people have only looked at a power purchase agreement or a lease. Yeah. So that's my position. I can help you to own solar instead of leasing it for zero money down. And then the benefit is, um, is me switching the bill. So the benefit and position kind of tie into one another. The zero money down is the benefit is the fact that if you go, if you decide to go solar with me today, It'll be no money out of pocket. And then I do my proof, which is <clears throat> their neighbor's bill, which was probably, you know, if it was 119 bucks a month for to stay with the power company, it's probably around 60, 65 bucks now. Mm-hmm. So I would say on average, your neighbor was paying $119. I was able to replace that completely. And now they own their solar for just 62 bucks. That's my benefit. And then if most of the time they, they object you within those first few, you know, those first few lines. But um, if they don't, you move to what's called an ask for permission or a set next event. So I would say, do you mind if I ask you just two questions? That ask for permission is huge because it allows the customer to know that um, if I say no, he's not allowed to ask me those questions, but it gives them control of the sale. Mm-hmm. So once you... And they say um, in our sales training, it says whether given a role or um, choosing a role, once the role is accepted, you are now that role. So by saying yes to the ask for permission, you're saying I choose to be the student and you're now the teacher on solar. So I become the teacher. If you say yes, go ahead, ask me the ask me the two questions. 
but giving the customer that control to say, do you mind if I ask you two questions? They have, they had every opportunity to say, no, they don't want to, they don't want to engage in this conversation. But since you've built that, you know, you've answered all their questions that they've been, they've been asking subconsciously through that case open, they're more than likely going to allow you to ask those questions. And I think, you know, any sales system that's not, not doing something similar to that is kind of, you know, shooting yourself in the foot because as we know, psychologically, we go through, we make many decisions on people before we even, whether, whether you like it or not, you make decisions on people, you know, people say, Oh, you know, I don't judge or you do scientifically. Cause mm -hmm. we're, if you go back to, you know, like, like prehistoric days where we had to make decisions based on whether we could, you know, trust someone in terms of our livelihood. So it's just wired into us like psychologically. So if you're not appealing to those, you know, those questions, you're not, if you're not looking your best and you, you know, you look like somebody who's not there to do business. You're also not giving yourself any, giving yourself any advantage. So I think basing the, basing the sales off of science, um, just, it's just better for everyone because then it, it makes it more likely that I sell my deal and more likely that I help a customer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. Um, I think, I think it's underrated what, like how we use bias to judge people. And, but like it came from survival. So like a lot of us like to think, oh, we don't have bias towards this or that. But the reality is like, we all have bias based off our own experiences even. So, you know, if you're walking down the street, walking down the street one day and you get robbed by somebody um, say they, they could look, you know, they could be a, a tall, tall man, or they could be a, a short, a short little girl, like a, like a child. But, and, and that happens to us every time in the future that we're walking on the street and we see a little child or a big, or a big dude, we're going to kind of like, you know, you're going to hold your, hold your wallet a little bit. You're going to hold your purse a little bit. It's just human bias. Like we, we, we have that installed into us. And if we didn't, then we, we wouldn't be very good. Like exactly. <laughs> we have to, we, because you have to adjust, you have to adapt, you have to learn from, okay, what's happened in the past, you know, could it, it, you know, it's, it could repeat itself type of thing. And so I think that's an important like aspect of human survival, like how we've gotten to where we are and then to better understand ourselves. Like, well, why do I get nervous around this person? Or like, why do I clutch my wall a little bit when I'm walking past whatever? It's just understanding that you realize there's nothing wrong with it. It's just the reality of who we are. Right. Yeah. And so we, as salesmen, especially door to door, you got to accept that. Like that's going to happen. We're good. You know, because people have had a lot of just showing up at someone's door and be like, man, I've been annoyed by so many door to door salesmen. So exactly you know, what is this you know th this guy can't be any different exactly Let's slam the door exactly and that's we like to think or we you know we kind of know that our sales system is what sets us apart because most people when like a, a lot of the solar salesmen 
they don't even pitch themselves as solar salesmen. They'll say we're with the San Diego Gas and Electric net metering program. And then they'll tell them about their, you know, their meter on the side of their house and say, well, if you go solar, it's, you know, it's cheaper. But um, we're, you know, we don't have anything to hide. Like, if you don't do business with us, sadly, you're the one who's going to you know, be affected negatively mm. from that. So, um, but yeah, like, I think our sales system is what sets us apart because it's backed by science. Because we know people are, you know, they're like, what could this door-to-door guy want? Because it's not even just solar. It could be pest control, you know, cable installations, home security. Like, there's so many, so many, you know, different products in door-to-door. And if we're, the chances of us, you know, knocking an area, somebody else has seen it as a good area to knock. Yeah. So we like to think that our sales system sets us apart because it's backed by the fact that we know people don't want us there. We're going to appeal to, you know, their scientific senses. And then we're going to allow them to control the, the conversation. Yeah. And I think it's cool that when you can, ethical selling is huge. If you can publish, if you can't publicize how you're going to sell a product or a service, then you probably should not be selling it. Like if you can't publicize your sales process, like I could publicize my sales process and say, Hey, I just want to sit down and have a conversation, figure out what your problems are. And if I can help you solve those problems, then great. Then I'll, I'll, say, here's what we offer to solve these problems. If I can't, I'm just going to give you a bunch of free information that you can run with and it's going to help you out either way. So either way, the process is let's just sit down and talk about it, hash things out and just find out how to solve your problems, whether you work with me or not. I don't care if you work with me or not. And that's kind of like, if you, if you can't, you know, you should be proud of how you're selling. You know, you don't need to manipulate, perceive, you don't, and it's, and you'll actually get a lot more benefit out of it. Mm-hmm. If you can publicize it, if you can say, this is exactly how we sell, that's a great system. And you're going to, and you're, and in my opinion, you're doing a lot of great things for the world, being able to publicize that. You have nothing to hide. Yeah, no, we don't, because it's, um, I think our company just, they just did a great job in terms of, one, getting a great product, um, and then two, making it affordable for the customer. So my job is not hard because my company's done such a good job that if I know one thing, every door that I knock on, um, I'm able to sell them solar if they're willing to listen. If, they're, if their lights are on, they can afford what it is that I'm selling. And in fact, they have more money than what they need most of the time. So... Um, my company like put me in a great position to where it's like, I can't really, I don't really knock on a door where I can't, you know, help them out unless they like rent the home, obviously, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, things of that nature. But no, I mean, the products, most of the great products, like along with ethical selling, like they sell themselves. As long as you're a salesman who can allow customers to arrive at conclusions that, hey, my, this product because of course you see your product is great, but that other person sees you as trying to sell them something. If you can get them to arrive at that conclusion, you're gonna sell a lot more because like, for instance, if they go into a conversation with me, I ask them, you know, what's been holding you back from going solar? 
lot of times they tell me they have a low bill already, they need a new roof, they have other projects going on, or they just can't afford it. Well, we are also a roofing company. So we can what we can do is install their their fixed payment that we give them. We can also pay for that roof in their same payment. So if they finance a roof through us, it's the same thing as paying an electric bill. But now you get a new roof along with paying your electric bill. So most of those, most of their objections that they have are really just based off of pride, in my opinion, because like it's zero money down. So as long as you have zero dollars, I like to say you can afford it. You know, if you already have a low bill, I can make it even lower. Like, if you need a new roof, I can get you a new roof. But just, you know, most of those objections, you have to handle them in a different way than, than just selling your product. So what we do is called a needs audit. And you really dig into what it is their main objection is. Oftentimes when they give you their first objection, that's just to get you off their doorstep. But if you're able to handle you know, the right, the objections the right way, then you're going to get a better conversation out of the customer. Because most of the people who come by selling leases, if your bill is under like 90 to a hundred dollars, then they can't do anything. Or they essentially, they can sell you solar, but they're not going to make any money. So they tell you your bill is too low for solar, but no bill is really too low for us to you know, get solar on your home based on what the company has given us to sell. So, I mean, just in terms of like being ethical and being proud of what it is that I do, like I wouldn't sell anything for to anyone unless it fits them. But my company's done a great job once again at giving me something that fits pretty much, you know, one size fits all type mm. of thing. Yeah. So that's key. That's key. All right. So uh, I'll just remind of a quote. And it was um, that insecurity is actually the real narcissism because like you won't, you won't publish that piece of content or uh, launch a product or send a message, knock a door, whatever it is, because you think you're important enough that if you mess it up, like everyone will put their lives on hold to care about it. Like that if you mess something up, people are going to actually stop their lives to sit around and talk about you, to think about you, whatever. Like, and it all stems from like that insecurity of not like you won't do it because you think you're so important. Like, that's kind of like the message that I'm getting, that I'm getting from this is most people are so insecure, like thinking people are going to judge them for for whatever it is, going door to door, whatever, for selling something. But really, it's just, that's just narcissism. Yeah, I can agree. Because I think that, and I've never heard that quote before, but I think that was my, you know, my first day when I had to get over. It's like, I felt embarrassed. And then I thought about it and I was like, well, other than like the homeowners you talk to one by one, who is even seeing you today? Like, who even cares? No, like nobody cares and it's crazy because some of those homeowners that told me no that day i went back and it just wasn't the right day and they end up booking an appointment to get a consultation so it's like 
Like, yeah, I can definitely agree with that quote because I've knocked, you know, thousands of doors and like I've been told no more times than yes and still no one cares. Like the whole world isn't, I, I can almost guarantee you they don't even remember my name. Like a lot of the people that told me no. So yeah, I can definitely agree with that quote. It's actually, it's a very good quote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, it, you know, that thinking you're like thinking you're so important that, that people are going to care. Like, that's the real narcissism. The narcissism isn't like putting yourself out there. But, and that's kind of like what helped me just start publishing these podcasts. It's like, I don't like I know I'm going to mess up. Like, I know it's not going to be that good when I first start. But I have to build the skill set and, and people really aren't going to care that much to stop their lives and, oh, this, this podcast is terrible. Oh, I don't care. Like, <laughs> you know, like I'm not going to let my, my insecurity, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to let my insecurity form me into like this narcissistic person that thinks everybody's going to just stop their lives to see what I'm doing wrong. You know, and that, that, that was kind of like part of my motivation of even doing this is like, at the same time, I feel like a lot of the conversations that I have with people, us included, is people are missing out by not hearing it. Yeah. Like a lot of the, think about all the all the great conversations we've had. Like what if there was somebody that could just sit there and listen in on it? Like how much value would they get out of it? Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, I can agree with that. And being, you know, we have always talked about you know, people aren't, you know, thinking this way or, you know, seeing the value in this and that. But it's also we haven't done a great job of, you know, helping them to, you know, helping one to two people see the value or think in, in those terms. And then those one to two people tell two to three people. Like we haven't done a good job of that. So, yeah, I can agree that, you know, insecurity, I guess, would be, you know, a, a huge narcissistic you know, like indicator just because, I mean, even, even if we were to release, you know, whatever it is that we talk about and people say, you know, you guys are insane, but at least we did our due diligence, you know, and like most people, you know, and the amount of people that would respond to it would be paramount in terms of the whole entire population because then we would have to publish it in different languages in order for us to even be you know, reaching a wide enough audience to say that everybody is, you know, is disagrees with what it is that we're saying. So yeah, that quote is, is very deep. And now it's gonna have me like looking at, you know, different thought processes differently now. Yeah, it, it definitely takes away like being scared to do something. Cause you realize like, being scared to do something and having that insecurity behind it is like the ultimate form of narcissism. And you just think you're so important <laughs> that, that, you know, you won't do it because you think all hey, oh, people are going to say this or that or um, whatever. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like you just have to, you just have to put it out. Like if you think it's going to help somebody put it out and maybe, Maybe nine people hate it, but you'll learn from it. You know what I mean? 
maybe nine people hate it and one person gets some value out of it. You know, I just think it's important to just start doing it, just taking that action. It's like, a, you know, you listen to Cardone and I was, what was, I was listening to something by him the other day and he was like, and my goal is to reach everybody on earth, 7 billion people. You know, and so many people tell him, well, you can't do that. You can't do that. Like, he's like, obviously, I don't have a camel to reach everybody on earth. Not everybody has a smartphone. Not everybody has Wi-Fi. But I'm going to try, you know, I'm going to do my best. Right. You know, and and people would hear him, you know, that, that he wants to reach 7 billion people. Like, that's narcissistic. But I would argue it's narcissistic to not try to do that. Right, with as many people as he's helped, as many companies as he's helped scale. Like, I mean, for me personally, like from a distance, he's been a mentor. Like, I take a lot of his teachings and apply them to my everyday life. So, like, had he not done that, you know, and tried to reset many people and reach myself on the way, like, I don't know that I'd be. So, I've read pretty much all of his books, some of them multiple times. You know, I've watched Undercover Billionaire, like, I watch a lot of his content, his interviews. It's like, what if I didn't have that information because he didn't try to reach as many people? So, yeah, I can definitely agree that if you're, because he's helped me grow as a person. So, like, you should continue to try to service as many people or serve as many people as you can, you know, as long as you're here. Yeah, and part of that is, like, the selling piece. Like, you have to be willing to sell yourself. And... That's where selling is an ethical duty. Like you have to let as many people know as possible about your product or service because you know that they can benefit from it. And if you don't do that, it's unethical. It's unethical not to sell. I agree. Yeah. With, especially with um, some of my favorite neighborhoods to sell in are like the, the lower income neighborhoods because it's like, California for, you know, um, for some people with, you know, just one income, like it can be tough to live. So like, if I'm able to cut a bill, you're already paying in half along with the 30% tax credit. Like when I'm in the lower income neighborhoods, I'm like, dude, I like, I've got to close the deal here. I have to, Mm -hmm. and I have to have their neighbors see, you know, our trucks pulling in and these people who quote unquote couldn't afford the solar are now getting solar. So then people start asking, where'd they get all the money from? <clears throat> and then I knock on their door and answer, well, they didn't get any extra money. I actually helped them save a ton of money. Because it's like, then I'm helping like a whole neighborhood out of people who were going to, because. It's really going to impact their lives. Yeah, because they get a fixed rate because um, a lot of people, and what we say is like, like regardless of you know, what you, you might think in terms of a power company, like most homeowners have entered an unspoken contract that they didn't agree upon where the power company gets to dictate what they pay. Cause it's like, as long as you want power, it's not like you walk like in, in San Diego, you don't get to choose your power company. Like you're with San Diego gas and electric. So like, as soon as you move into your home, they're like, Hey, you're paying us this, you know, whatever we say, you're, you're paying us. It's not like they ever got a choice. Like, Hey, you can either go to SDG and E or you can get solar, but we need your decision by this time. Like nobody's educated on that. So we always tell homeowners that like, regardless of 
what you you know might say you can afford as long as you plan on keeping your lights on and what we usually do at the doors is kind of we take out a calculator and multiply you know if they're paying a hundred dollar bill we multiply that by 12 months and then by 25 years and that number gets pretty big and we say regardless of you know what you tell me as long as you plan on keeping your lights on this is what you have in your budget best case scenario this is if the rates don't go up at all which they will they do so best case scenario you're paying x amount of dollars and that's already in your budget what i'm offering you today is cheaper than that like it's cheaper than your best case scenario Mm -hmm. it's cheaper than your best case scenario to go solar so like any way you slice it like i'm doing an ethical thing so I, I feel like a service, like it's my duty to really get it to people because like, otherwise you're just throwing away money. And with ours, it's a 25 year loan or you can finance it in other ways, but then the bleeding stops out of the 25 years, you own the solar. So you own, you pay nothing for your power. You still get all the power, but you don't pay anything for it. So like it's a fixed rate, it's cheaper than what you've been paying and there's an end in sight. Like you have to get that to people. Mm-hmm. You at least have to give them the opportunity to kind of see, you know, okay, there's like, if they can look past the, the guy sitting on their doorstep trying to sell them something, like they're going to see like, oh yeah, there's a huge value in that. So I like, it definitely is a duty once you get, if you get a product such as this, like, it's a huge duty to go get that to people, especially in those, like where an extra 60, 70 bucks a month even is going to help that, that family out significantly. So, yeah, I can agree that, you know, getting over insecurity and not being narcissistic and getting those people, you know, what it is that you're selling, if it is, you know, a product or service that's benefiting that much, like you're doing them a disservice if you don't sell it to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh that's why I would argue it's, it would be, it would be unethical for you to not go out and knock as many doors as you possibly can and tell as many people as possible. You know, it, and that's the, that's the cool thing about selling. And that's where I think it doesn't get like that good, that good reputation, like selling in general has a bad reputation. You know, you think of the sleazy car salesman, the this, the that, or that, but if you're doing it right, I mean, there's bad apples in every profession, but if you're doing it right, man, like it's an ethical, it's an ethical thing. Like it is, it's the most ethical solution that you can provide to the world. In most cases, that's the, that's the really neat thing about it. And like where, I mean, we were talking about earlier, like we should change how, you know, that the education system in general, they should probably teach about self. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a skill set that, um, and I mean, along with just like, if you so how do you think? 
selling should be taught through the educational system? Um, I mean, I just think it should be because if you take away the bare bones of like the product and then selling it to someone else, um, selling is, is a higher form of communication. Like when I knock on the door, like I'm held accountable for what I'm doing non-verbally, what I'm doing with my tone, um, eye contact, you know, things like that. So I think if you take away like just the, just the product portion of it, being able to sell yourself in terms of all those psychological decisions. Like I think selling should be, because if I'm able to sell, I can go into an interview confident just to sell myself. You know, if I'm confident in my abilities, I can allow you to reach the conclusion that I'm the person to hire. But if you don't know how to sell, and you definitely don't know how to sell your best product, which is you. So I think even, you know, sales, to answer your question, it should be taught in terms of how to sell with, you know, A, a product, but also yourself in different settings. Because there's also like, there's door to door, but there's also like car sales and, you know, things like that. So I think just learning how to sell something like in the school would be would be huge because it's it's a skill set that um, it's almost as foolproof as a degree. I gotta argue. Like if you can go into any company and show them, like you know, I haven't had a long door to door career, but if I do two years where I'm doing consistent numbers door to door, there won't be a company I can't get a job because it's like. I can walk in and say, hey, I've got experience for two years. It's like, if you choose to, some people like, and there's some kids like on our team that do it for the summer. And it's like, dude, this might just be as good as your degree. Because if you've been knocking on doors where people don't want to talk to you for two years and you can sell them something, you're going to be able to go into a car dealership and be like, hey, like people who didn't want what I was selling, I was able to sell it to them. Like people come to the dealership to buy a car. Mm -hmm. Like if I can sell people who don't want it, I can definitely sell people who who want what it is that I'm selling. You're going to get a job just off of that. So I would argue that it's, you know, the skill set is nearly as, as good as some, you know, degrees. Obviously, it's not like a doctorate's degree, you know, but I would say that for most people, like learning how to sell could be just as good as having a college degree. Mm-hmm. So, um just the way it being taught, it should be taught in schools is that, like, is as a skill set, like working on your nonverbals, working on tonalities, working on, you know, the science of the sales. I think that that would benefit people because now, like, looking back from when I started the job, because now, like, I communicate completely differently because I move, like, my conversations move on a straight line. So I would say like, I think it would change people's, pretty much change people's lives that they learned, you know, how to sell, how to help others to reach conclusions. But um, that's just my opinion, of course. Um, It would be different to actually set it up, you know, nationwide, you know, worldwide to where each school is teaching selling as a profession or selling as a subject. 
Yeah, and because it has so much to do with just communication, I think it it doesn't just help you professionally, like it helps you with your relationships, with um, any sort of partnership that you have, friendships. Would you agree with that? It doesn't it's, it's not just a professional skill; it has to do with every area of your life. You can be translated into. Yeah, I would agree. Um, our sales system especially is based on, you know, question-based selling. So allowing others to reach their own conclusions, because you've been in an argument before where, you know, you're like, oh, like my point is this, 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 and this. It makes sense because of this and this. But if you can guide somebody to say like, you know, like if I like coffee and somebody doesn't like coffee and I was able to say, well, what don't you like about coffee? know the taste and I could say hey well I know you don't like the taste of coffee but if I add sugar to the coffee do you think it would taste a little bit better yeah I think it would so by adding you're telling me that if I add sugar to this coffee like you think you would try it and then based on that like I'm able to help them because now if they start to like coffee they just want sugar in it then they know like okay like I like something new now I enjoy coffee it's such a small thing but it's like I was like, oh, coffee tastes better when you have sugar in it. They're just going to argue me. They're going to be like, well, I don't want to do all that to put it in my coffee. But if you allow them to reach the conclusion that, hey, maybe, you know, I don't like coffee because there was no sugar in it. And it's, it's such a small example, but, like, if you're not able to communicate in that sense, it's just an argument. Nobody's ever, nobody's ever going to benefit from an argument. Two people always lose in an argument. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're able to reduce the amount of arguments um, that you have, like in your day to day interaction with whether it's family members or, you know, a significant other in your relationships or not even like arguments, but just like. Just be more effective, like time wise communicating, because if I can ask you those questions and I know what those questions are to lead you to those conclusions that I know is probably best for you or it will at least allow you to look at it in that sense, it's going to be much more effective than if I'm like, hey, you should do this because whatever the case may be. So I think it, I mean, selling from from our sales system, um, especially, I don't really have experience in any other one, so I'm not going to speak for any other one. But um, like, yeah, it does help you in terms of your life. Um, and communication with friends, significant others, you name it. So I think um, it would, yeah, if you're not looking at it from a professional standpoint, it would just help you in life in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just good to have like that curious mind, just, you know, um, even asking just like the simplest questions, like you might even know the answer to them, but you're just asking them just to, give that person the chance to talk about their situation, no matter what it is, like, you know, giving them that chance to speak, they're going to feel a lot better about the situation. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the biggest thing for me is if I can get somebody talking, like I would rather do that because I know how to do my job. Like regardless of, you know, what kind of what they're going through, I know we have the right product for them, but if I can't help them reach that conclusion, then there's no point. And the best way to do that is for them to tell me 
you know, all of why they haven't gone solar. And the longer, the better. Because when, um, when you're, when you're able to listen to somebody and like, and they feel listened to, like most people don't even have that. Like, I think that was one thing I learned in like my first day is just some people just want somebody to talk to. Like when you knock on their door and they'll talk to you, like I've had like hour long conversations with people just because they don't have anyone to talk to. So it's like, of course, they're going to want to buy from you. You're the first person that has listened to them. And, you, you know, I don't know how long, like, of course, they're going to want to buy from you because you're you're doing them a service as a human being before you ever do them a service as a salesman. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think selling, like when it comes to selling, listening is active. Listening is also another, another skill that, you know, people would just, just benefit greatly from because we do, we do a lot of talking in society and just not a lot of listening. So. Gotcha. Well, um, I think I'm going to wrap this up, but, um, uh, the last, you know, I want to finish with what you're reading right now, like, or, or what you, what you've read in like the past few months, just to talk about like things you've learned. Um, so can you kind of go through like what, what books are you reading? Um, so I was reading, I was reading the world's greatest salesman or the greatest salesman in the world by, uh, Ogmandino. It's a quick little read, obviously very tailored towards sales, but, um, there's a lot of basic like basic things in it it's a lot of parables but um basic rituals you should practice every day as a salesman and then right now um i'm reading extreme ownership by jocko willing and i actually just just started it but it was recommended to me um by you know by our sales manager or the guy who runs our sales team but um i've just been learning that uh that you really can't pour from an empty cup. Like self-development is is key. Like if I'm not the best salesman I can possibly be, I'm doing everyone else a disservice. So um, just been reading and, you know, studying a lot about just how to get better in my day-to-day. Like how do, how do I make my morning routine more effective? How do I get around people who push me to be the best that I can be so that I can pour into other people? Um, our mission statement for, you know, our company, like, um, I forget what it would be called, but our mission statement is called Become, Create, Give. So at our company, you have to become something so that you can create, you know, a paycheck, better life, you know, um, just for yourself and your family, and then ultimately give back. So that's kind of, that's kind of the goal is you become something before you ever create anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm really in that, that become portion right now so that I can create a life for myself and my family and then ultimately give back. But you don't get the create and give without the become. So I think that's been the, the biggest thing that I've been learning is just learning to develop myself and become a better man myself before I try, you know, give or, you know, creating stuff for others and giving to others. Yeah. That's a, that's a big part of like why I mean, shooting this podcast is just like, you know, I feel like, um, just growing, growing in every area of your life is so important. 
and becoming becoming somebody different every single day is super important and then but if you can take people with you if you can drag people along behind you that's even that's even more that's even more important than doing it for yourself you know but it starts with you like it doesn't it doesn't start with pointing fingers at somebody else it starts with you so you know i think that's a that's a good thing to stick by um all right we're gonna wrap it up you're going back to cali so it'll be a while it'll be a while till i see you again but um yeah we'll we'll get you back on here at some point you know kind of track the journey along as you go but um yeah it was good to have you got anything else to say uh no i would just say um, continue to develop yourself to anyone who's listening you know find out what it is that you need to work on and just continue to work on it i appreciate you having me on the podcast so really Mm -hmm. and if you got any value out of this you know feel free to share it with somebody that would get something out of it and leave a review five stars i prefer on any on any platform you're listening to and have a good one everybody Thank you.